Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, gorgeous, very hardworking, Disney at 100 loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Thank you, sweetie. And yes, it's exciting. This is an exciting anniversary to be celebrating. Yes, yes. Welcome to the show. We are actually at, or the day before, mm-hmm. the actual 100th birthday yeah. of the Walt Disney Company. What an amazing ride it's been. Of course, we have not been alive for a good portion right. of it, but still, <laughs> over the time that we've been alive through it and looking back at the um, ori- ori- origins of this company, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um it's definitely an important aspect of our lives and can't wait to delve into our last in this yes. series. Yes, we will be diving into our Disney at 100 series and it's going to be an interesting topic today because I know Michelle has already told me, <laughs> oh, this could be the worst of the portions of it, which means it will be the best <laughs> no, of the portions of it because whenever that happens, we know what the case will be. No, Michelle. this time you really need to set this bar Low, very low, like, uh-uh. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, we are recording this episode on Sunday, October 15th, 2023. Of course, the Walt Disney Company birthday is October 16th, 2023. Yeah. You may be listening to this on or after the birthday, but when we were recording this, we are one day before. We appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... You can sign up for the newsletter, and actually, I'm going to be sharing with you in our in the short time now, an exclusive offer, something really special for those of you who either are current subscribers or subscribe to the newsletter by Wednesday. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll wait until the end of the week to put out the interesting. Yeah, I but have no idea what that's to... about, but an exclusive <laughs> yes. gift. Hmm. Yeah. What could that be? Interesting. Very interesting stuff. So subscribe. I think I might have to subscribe just so I can figure out what this <laughs> gift is because I have no idea. I have no clue. I'm looking forward to finding out for sure. Uh, also, we are on social media. If you want to find us there, we're on Twitter. X. Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we love hearing from you in any of those ways. And if there's a particular question or topic you have, uh, reach out to us. Yeah. What's the next research series, deep dive series that you want Michelle to be doing? Because yeah. now oh, we've the just... next, next one, because I actually have one oh, planned. Sorry. Excuse me. The next, <laughs> next one. I should have known. Michelle already had something in the works. That's the way she is. She's always thinking. She's always 10 steps ahead of me. That's for sure. So what's the next, next series for her? But anything, we just want to say, I uh, just want to be in touch with you in any way possible, whether it be through the social media, whether it be through the Gmail account. We love interacting with you all and knowing mm-hmm. that you're out there and that hopefully you're enjoying the show. Yes. And if you are enjoying this show, 
a five-star review would be awesome. Yep, we appreciate everybody who's already given us a five-star review. And if you feel like doing it in the future, of course, we will bring it up on an upcoming show. Now, before we get into this week's show, you know we always like to take a look back at the week that was because this is the Disney podcast of positivity. We like to focus on those bright spots, those shining lights, those positive moments from the week that was. And when we do this, we call it my favorite thing from this week. And we always start, of course, with Michelle because she's fantastic, (laughs) wonderful. She's amazing. And you all know that she does the best research. You're about to hear that. You know she does the best lists. She definitely has the very best tips. She also always has the best my favorite thing from this week. So Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? So I actually have a tie. I couldn't separate them. Both things were pretty pretty cool, pretty special. So uh, my A and B choices okay. of the week. How's that? Sure. Um, so one of them is confirmation of a special guest that's going to be joining us yes. on an upcoming uh episode got confirmed this week so very that, much upcoming like next week yeah yeah <laughs> so that was very cool and very exciting thing for the, for this week to experience and um the other one was having a day where two rockets launched on the same <laughs> day a, a morning and an evening one um and one of them in particular being super exciting because it's a six-year mission to explore an asteroid that's out by Mars. Yeah, I think it's actually landing on the asteroid yeah. and going to find out like what minerals and stuff are on it. It's right. pretty cool. I didn't get to see that one. I was at work, but I did get to see the evening one. And yeah. it's one of those those special things that we get here living on the Space Coast it's yeah. and in Florida in general. I mean, you could see the, a lot of these launches all the way to Walt Disney World if you happen right. to be there during one of these times. But we here on the Space Coast get a little bit closer view of them. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice, when, especially those those early, you know, kind of dusky um, those dusk launches that right. are kind of not quite night, not quite the, you know, the day. It's just, it really, it really shines really brightly right, here, which right. is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, yeah. so, anyway, so well, cool. what about you, sweetie? Um, my favorite things from this week, I have a few things. One, we got a shipment of socks from <laughs> Rock'em Socks, right. which is this new company that we were kind of been in touch with and um we got some cool stuff from them we yeah. got the, you got some mickey socks i got yes. a captain america socks and we also got some afc richmond socks which is you know kind of fits us all we got a little disney a little marvel and a little ted lasso right. as well involved <laughs> um like those a lot um i know i always go back to disney plus and the series that are going on but again another excellent episode of loki mm-hmm. i'm really intrigued by this kind of mystery a kind of good kind of a cop show that they're right. going on right yeah. now. Um, I, I, I really am enjoying Loki in the first couple episodes of season two of that right. series. Yeah. Season one was great. Season two is off to a wonderful start. Yeah, as yeah, well. definitely love. You know, we had the character development last series. And so it's just kind of fun watching them now a little bit more in action. Mm-hmm. And finally, um, my favorite thing from this week hasn't really happened yet, but I'm going to be very excited. By the time you've heard this, it probably has. But tonight, finally, you're going to get the chance to see Once Upon a Studio. Mm -hmm. That short that we've been talking about since Destination D23. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for us to get to see it again, but I'm really excited for you all to finally get to see this short. Now, I know we've been completely overselling it, so I hope we don't ruin it for you, but we think that this is a brilliant piece of art. Just the effort, the hurdles that are had to be cleared 
to complete this short, when you watch it, you'll see um, how amazing it was that they were able to put this whole thing together. Right. You know, and uh, so a couple things. One, if you haven't seen the trailer yet for it, don't. I, I said that before. Yeah. Stay away from right. it. Right. Uh, even with the, what they're putting on advertisements this week have kind of shown it a little bit too. But um, the other thing as you're watching it to keep in mind is how many talented people they had to bring back because these were really authentic, you know, voice actors. Um, and one of, and I don't think, I don't know if they're going to share this or not, but one of the most touching things is that um, Richard Sherman was brought actually to Walt's office to play on the original piano that he and his brother used to play at to Walt um, and played for this short film. So it it has obviously a lot of historical and special elements about yeah. it. And that moment absolutely wrecked me, by the way. I mean, the whole short wrecked me. Right, but right. that moment, I mean, it was over for me. I was yeah, done. Right. I was completely a puddle at that moment. And I hope it's the same way for you. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, Hopefully they'll show you that because that was something they, uh, right. a, a film clip they showed after the, uh, right. the, the short was where they had Richard Sherman come into the office and play the piano to record this. Yeah. Um, I don't know, unfortunately, how many years we have left with mm -hmm. Richard Sherman. Um, but man, talking about 100 years with the Walt Disney Company yeah. and somebody who's had a huge influence right. on it, it's him yes. for sure. He's one of the top names right, um, right up there with you know, all the Imagineers and, of course, Walt that you expect. Mm -hmm. Richard and his brother, Robert, of right. course, um, the Sherman brothers, just so huge in this company and so wonderful that they were able to get a little bit of mm -hmm. him into this short. Right, to this um, I'm so excited for you all. Right. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I mean, I know, again, we saw it in a special situation, and so we're probably overselling this. Right. And it, it may not live up to the hype that we're giving it, but um, I, I, it's, it's, it, we loved it, and yeah. we hope you love it as well. Right. So now let's go ahead and get on to this week's show. We do have a lot of stuff for you this week, including we received some great news for Walt Disney World annual pass holders and those with certain tickets. We'll tell you what that's about. We learned the details of some new dining destinations coming to Disneyland's downtown Disney district. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you all about them as well. And one of our Star Wars and Disney favorites has a new interesting project in the works. We'll tell you what we know about that. It's not a lot, but we do know a little bit, and we'll tell you about that as well. However, that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. Like a moon of the blue Fate steps in and sees you Yes, for this week's main topic, you know, we've been looking back over the last several months at the 100 years 
of the Walt Disney. Yes, at the Walt Disney Company with our Disney at 100 series. Michelle has done a fantastic job with this. Every single episode, I I know it's resonated with you all because you brought it up many times and how much you've enjoyed this series. And now that we're actually at the 100th birthday of the Walt Disney Company, instead of looking back, maybe it's a time to look a little forward, right, Michelle? Yeah, yeah, let's let's try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this is all speculation. Well, actually, I tried to avoid speculation oh. um, because mm. there are definitely a lot of analysts out there who've weighed in on what they think the future of the Disney company is going to be or, you know, some things that it may not be or whatever. And it didn't feel like that's the right direction to go. So although blueprints are not completely drawn up for everything, there is a fair amount of information that the company has shared that give us some glimpse into the focus of the future. Yeah, well, I can't wait to hear about that. I mean, I think we know some ideas, some mm-hmm. possibilities that might be happening with the company for the future, but I'm interested. Michelle does such a great job of digging this <laughs> stuff up. I'm interested in finding out what she's found and where the Walt Disney Company is going for the next century. Here. Well, you're so kind and generous with that compliment. You know, I'll admit this was the most challenging and concerning episode of this series that so you know it's going to be great. <laughs> that I've had to create because, uh, it, you know, in the past, I was able to just, you know, it's like doing history. I just draw from what happened, what the facts are and things. Um, so as I started researching this, I realized that the future of the company, first of all, is so important to all of us, for us and you that are listening, because let's admit, we're all Disneyophiles here. And... Knowing that kind of helped give me direction because it kind of comes down to wanting the reassurance to know that the Disney company future will include continued experiences that will touch all of our hearts. I right? have no doubt I mean, of that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what that's what we want to know about. And that's what we want to hear about. And, and so it kind of helped shape what we could talk about today. Um, Now, you know, the company always emphasizes their ability to tell stories, which they do very well. And again, I thought that was the key. But actually, it's not their stories. I I, I apologize in advance. I think I'm going to get choked up a million times during (laughs) this one. Um, But it's how the company experiences allow us to create our own stories within their rich world and and the characters that they provide us. Um, You know, like... Do you remember the first time walking into Galaxy's Edge and, and feeling like you finally realized a childhood dream of living mm-hmm. in the Star Wars so much, universe? Yeah. You know, or maybe for some others, it was getting to be transported into an Avatar character and ride a Banshee. You know, and there's even those experiences beyond the parks that are so important to us, like, you know, taking your kids to see a Disney on ice show and just mm-hmm. seeing their excitement or maybe leaving a bad day of work behind by sitting on your couch along with your kids, just enjoying them as you all belt out, let it go for the 50th time with Elsa. 50. <laughs> I know. Lightweights. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so knowing that it's these core emotions that are of the utmost important to us, let's explore how the future holds more of these experiences for us. And let's face it, as humans, it really doesn't take a lot to get us excited. 
I mean, heck, look at all the people dying to go to a football game with the hopes that Taylor Swift <laughs> may be in the same stadium. It's true. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know, but, but what do we know so far? So um, here's, so I'm going to be sharing things that Bob Iger, Josh tomorrow have shared with us. Um, for example, here's something that Bob Iger recently announced uh, as their guiding force. He said, quote, we are planning to turbocharge our growth yet again with a robust amount of strategic investment in this business. And then he went on to expand that, expound that they're actually developing plans to accelerate and expand investment in the parks experience and products division of the company uh, to double what they've done in the past. Uh, he said the capital expenditures over the course of approximately 10 years to roughly $60 billion mm-hmm. by expanding, enhancing domestic and international parks and cruise line capacity. Um, now, first of all, they didn't just put that out on a press release trying to make sure analysts and shareholders were happy. They actually submitted this information in writing to the Securities and Exchange Commission, which you can find online, by the way. Um, but those numbers, what do they mean? They seem so esoteric, right? For a big company, thinking big numbers always exist, right? So, you know, like, how do you wrap your mind around it? And so I thought, gosh, it really would be helpful if somebody could give some perspective of what those projections mean. Mm -hmm. Well, lo and behold, I found a New York Times article that did just that. They said, so what did they do over the past decade? They opened the Shanghai Disney Resort, mm-hmm. more than doubled its cruise line capacity, opened new lands like Galaxy's Edge and Avengers Campus, added exciting rides like Guardians of the Galaxy, Tron, Web Slingers, Avatar Flight of Passage, and Navi River Journey to its domestic parks. It put money into its Paris and Hong Kong parks with expansions tied to Frozen and some other Disney films scheduled to open soon. Um, And they also invested in three more ocean liners and a new port on the Bahamian Island. So like the article goes on to say, if that's what $30 billion can buy, imagine what $60 billion can buy. Mm -hmm. So it can mean really big, exciting things are ahead for us. So Mm -hmm. now Josh DeMauro also gave some light to this. And he said, quote, Disney owns a thousand undeveloped acres across its existing theme park resorts. Again, what does that number represent? What does it mean? Well, fortunately, Josh went on to provide the comparison to help us get the perspective. He said, that's like the size of seven Disneylands, not seven lands, seven parks. Mm. So Pretty cool to think there's that potential space to have so much more for people to enjoy and experience. For sure. Um, I'm excited for the future of the parks, especially. I'm excited for the future of Disney in general. But yeah, that announcement of $60 billion injected into the parks. Right. What's to come? I cannot wait to find out. Yeah. And and keep in mind parks and experiences. Of course. It could be things like Broadway, Disney on Ice, Cruise Line, you know, anything that kind of interacts with people. But still, yeah, um, it's not saying the the film industry. And so that's not even in this discussion Mm -hmm. right now. And we know there's going to be things exciting in that regards as well. But 
Um, so Josh went on to specify that one of the biggest areas that they see for opportunity is the OG Park Disneyland. Um, and I know there's been a lot of media discussing challenges with the political environment of Florida and its impact on the company. And actually, the city of An Anaheim, too, we've talked about, has oscillated over the years of how much support for approving zoning and new projects for the company's expansion. And that's where Disneyland Forward came into play more recently. Um, you know, we've talked about it in the past. We did a blog post about it. Um, and it was really the company's strategy to help get the community and the city officials to understand what they're trying to create and, and how it will help the community. I mean, they even held free community meetings in the parks for people to come out and ask questions, see some of their proposals, some of their ideas, um, you know, which is really exciting for the consideration to expand Disneyland. And you and I have talked about that even this week, how, you know, one of the biggest challenges for for them over there is the limited capacity. And, and yet the demand is so high. It's it, it can be a struggle sometimes to get reservation for a park yeah i mean for those of you and we've we discussed this many many times on this show for those of you that only know walt disney world and know that that can be difficult at times to get reservations and some other things um just imagine that you're taking the all of basically the south the biggest cities <laughs> of the south right and you're putting them within a 200 mile radius right of you know walt disney world and then you cut back the capacity by two parks okay and think about how difficult that is i mean southern california is insane with how many people there are just in that area yeah. from santa barbara to san diego and we won't even talk about going up to the bay area or going um you know east to right. like arizona right. or up you know a little bit more of the uh northeast to nevada right. you know i mean it, the the people that are within just a few hours to get to those parks right. And can be, you know, getting these reservations. It's really tough on uh, people to get those. And so, yes, they need more there, but you just don't have the room right. there because when this was built so long ago, I mean, all communities and hotels and shopping areas were all built right around Disneyland. There just is the limited space. So how do you work that? Right. You know, Disney is trying to accomplish that now to try and give people more options within the Disneyland venue. Right, right. So, um, you know, and Josh Tamara also relayed that they do have a wealth of untapped stories to bring to life across the business. And he actually mentioned themed areas like Frozen and Coco could have a presence at Disneyland Resort. Um and what was really exciting to hear is him mentioning uh, Wakanda. He said that has yet to be brought to life. And can you imagine, you know, we, we talked about, the, again, that experience of walking into Galaxy's Edge or Cars Land. Uh, can you imagine walking into a themed land of Wakanda? Yes. I, 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 <laughs> I think it's exciting. And I'm hoping that's coming through. Um, I would imagine that'll have to be a Disneyland. I right. don't think that. Yeah, that it's okay to do at um, in Orlando, yeah. unfortunately. But you know, Disneyland, maybe Disneyland Paris. We have a little bit mm -hmm. more, mm -hmm. you know, ability, and of right. course, all the Asian markets right. as well. Right. Um, but that's exciting. Yeah, to, even to be thinking about that right. possibility. Right. So um, now there were some announcements at Destination D twenty three. A few presented were 
plans that were for sure they're they're in the works currently um and and obviously there were some that were presented as concepts but i don't know blue sky as they call it blue sky but some of them really seemed like they were a little bit more down the road of in the works more than just concepts wouldn't you agree i agree i think that compared to what we got at the d23 expo the Mm -hmm. year before where it seemed a lot of stuff was just kind of just kind of throwing out things out there and just seeing what people's responses were to it, but no really definitive plans. I think that this still is kind of that, but it's closer to a refined idea of what they may move forward. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 So we did get confirmation of a new story being developed for inside the tree of life Mm -hmm. that is taps in on the Zootopia story, which it's going to be cool to have something new there, something additional to see. I think, um, you know, it's unfortunate for A Bug's Life that, because I think it's a really, really good movie, right. <laughs> very underrated movie. And I think that, you know, unfortunately it doesn't get its love that maybe it deserves in some of these parts. Right. Matter of fact, a lot of it's kind of going away. We saw Bug's Land mm-hmm. get replaced by Avengers Campus, which right. we love right. uh, within Disney California Adventure Park. But then this is kind of going away. It's tough to be a bug uh, going away as well. But, I think it was time. I mean, it was out of mm-hmm. date. It's time to move forward right. with something different there. And especially when they're, we're talking about doing more with Zootopia within the Walt Disney right. company. Um, it's, it's a good time to put something into that tree of life that will be more of interest to right. more people. Maybe. Right. Right. It's something, like I said, something additional to do. And you know, the characters from Zootopia are obviously very mm-hmm. entertaining. Um, but the story is one that we can all really understand Um, that benefit of inclusiveness and connecting with people. And speaking of connecting, uh, recently I was listening to the Great British Mickey Waffle podcast. The Wafflers. The Wafflers. And it was a blast hearing them so passionate about coming to Walt Disney World during the Halloween season. Um, I do definitely recommend you take a listen. But anyways. They are a very positive podcast as well. Kind of like us. They're they're very, very positive. Right, right. Exactly. Um, Anyways, one of the things that they shared um, really solidified to me how amazing the environment of a Disney park experience. Um, They they were talking about how they, you know, when you're waiting for like the Halloween parade to start, you're you're just sitting among strangers, but you feel that sense of community and you end up finding yourself talking to strangers as if you were friends, you know, and people, you know, you're never going to see again and just have those fun conversations while you're all waiting for this exciting parade to happen. Um, so, you know, it really made me think, obviously I don't think the Disney Imagineers were hoping for this to happen or planning for that to happen. It, it, it just is a, a wonderful success that comes as a result of what they are providing that that you can tap in on the core joys of everybody again where you can feel connected to strangers Mm -hmm. and and i just think that's so cool it is so cool and it is part of the things that i think i love about disney the most yeah you know that that aspect we've learned it just in general from this podcast of connecting with people that we never expect that's not why we got into doing this right it was just kind of a fun thing for us to do to get together every week and talk about you know do what we do at home right but just kind of put it out there in the world and some of the things that are worth complete surprises to us. And we've brought it up many times Mm -hmm. 
um, was the friendships we've right. made, the lifelong friendships yeah. that we've made um, through this podcast with, you know, like-minded people right. who love the Disney exactly. um, parks and the community. Yeah. Yeah. I can't emphasize that enough. In fact, mm-hmm. I was going to talk about it a little bit in the future too. Okay. Um, another confirmed change that has already gotten a lot of talk out there. So it's no news to people I'm sure is, is the country bear jamboree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keeping the same characters, but adding new songs to their skits. That, that seems fun. Uh, and they're Disney songs. So they're songs that we you know, we're going to love. You know, but the great thing here is you don't need to suffer the loss of losing beloved characters or an attraction that people love. And, and if you remember from our poll that we, get, we got a pretty good response from 50 percent of the people pick Country Bear Jamboree over other attractions as having the most nostalgia and, and love for from, of you know, some of the OG the, attractions. The classic D ticket attractions mm-hmm. is what you put the poll out. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's cool. Um, And hearing the test track will be reimagined, but taking inspiration from the original uh, World of Motion attraction. Yeah. Love that. I like that. Yeah. How they're they're getting, again, bringing the nostalgia feeling Mm -hmm. back to us. So very, very cool. Something new and yet something old at the same time. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to go through all the announcements here. If you are interested, I mean, there's plenty out there. We did two bonus episodes where we recapped the announcements from Destination D23 that you can find out there. But, you know, one of the things that we saw is um, the future holds something new, you know, especially at Animal Kingdom Park. And and they know where it's going to be. And they know what inspiration they're going to use. And that's the plans for reimagining Dino Land, Dino Land. Yeah. You know, they know they want to take their ideas of what they're going to offer there from the um, Central America and Northern region of South America. Um, and, and that concept fits perfectly for the animal kingdom because both, you know, that whole area has very unique biospheres. Yeah. I mean, if you're thinking about it. I mean, we've been lucky enough to been through the Panama area and the Costa Rica mm-hmm. area. And, and that's kind of the Northern part of what we're talking about right. here um, and know what kind of climate it is and what kind of creatures right, are around yeah. there and how amazing that can be. And then you go into South America and you go talk about the Amazon mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the giant rainforests that are down there. Right. Um, it's a wonderful area to yeah. explore. And I think it's it's definitely, we talked about this during those episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that's been lacking, and I thought it was going to go to, um, and I still think it should at some point, a World Showcase first in Epcot, is that we don't really have anything from South America. Right. Um, anywhere within there, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of, you know, there's a touch with Morocco of Africa mm-hmm. and they have that kind of area that, which isn't really Africa, but they kind of say it's Africa. Right. Um, so you have a touch of that. I'd like to see some more of that in there as well. But I mean, we have all of Europe and there's just, you know, right. we have some Asia, but there's no South America. And right. I really think that, you know, there's some wonderful cultures yeah. that can be explored more. It fits into the animal kingdom. I'd like to see some in Epcot as well. True. But I'm True. happy that there have that something coming. Right. Um, that fits that, yes. it, that yes. part of the world. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, and, and what we're talking about that they did share is that their, their concepts are considering, you know, experiences from Encanto and Indiana Jones and, um, 
those are really exciting to consider. Um, again, we talked about immersiveness when you go into Cars Land at California Adventure Park. Um, you just think about that immersive feeling you could have uh, being in the home of Maribel. And yeah. there, you, I'm sure they could create it to be kind of similar to that where you would have that feeling that you're actually there, you know. Yeah, I'm excited to find out. Maybe we will get it some more at uh, D23 Expo next year. Um, what will be to come of that area? Right. Some more a refined uh, direction right, into that, right. more than just kind of a, a general idea that this area is going to be in Kanto, this area is going to be Indiana right, Jones. Right. Um, assuming they go through with that, which right, I kind yes. of feel that they that announcement they kind of got to at this point. Yeah. Um, and they need to do something with Dino Land as it is. Right. And that those make sense. Um, they've already mentioned how much they want to bring more Encanto into the parks. And right. we're starting to gradually see that. But uh, some sort of attraction, some sort of show, something along those lines yeah. would be perfect for that area. Right, right. So um, anyways, as we reflect on some of those announcements, it, it was interesting uh, in an email that Bob Iger wrote. He said, the growth trajectory is very compelling if we do nothing beyond what we've already committed. And he's talking about the attractions and the ships that were already announced, uh, but not yet operational. He said, by dramatically increasing our investment, building big, being ambitious, maintaining quality and high standards, and using our more most popular IP, it will be turbocharged. Mm. You know, and, and, and that's, they're talking 10 years. So they're not talking like, Here's where we're going for the next 100 years. It's the next decade. So as I mentioned at the beginning, the excitement of what we know is coming and what possibly is being developed is the key and what keeps us excited of what the future holds for this company and how it will, again, support our own stories to be created. Uh, we can only imagine how massive this expansion can increase the fun we can have with friends and families and, and perhaps how we celebrate major life events like mm -hmm. weddings or family reunions, uh, graduations, uh, how we'll create new traditions and new magic memories to hold in our hearts. Um, so I'm anxious to see what our stories are going to be. I'd love to hear how you all want to tell your story and, and hear about that. Um, in our show notes, uh, I think we'll include a link for it's It's just a one minute promo for Disney plus, um, that you can watch. And, and it really captures, if you think of what we're talking about today and while watching that, it captures this concept of how Disney gives us the opportunity to really enjoy their stories while creating our own. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, you know, short heart tugging clips with the background sound of somewhere only we know playing. And I, and I think it kind of really captures that essence. I mean, look, the first 100 years of the Walt Disney Company, and you've done a great job of looking back at it, but a lot of the focus is storytelling. Right. And I, I don't know why that would change in the next 100 years. Right. Um, it's, it's all about the storytelling. That promo that you're talking about, it's all about sh showcasing on all the various different ways that right. Disney has told stories over the many, many years and through many, many generations. And I do believe, and I, you know, I, again, I'm not, you know, putting this out as a stretch or anything like a shock, you know, right. yeah. It, the storytelling will continue and right. it will be fantastic. Yeah. And definitely. Excited to see where the Disney storytelling goes. Yes. And you know, um, again, I, and I, I, I hear people and I, and I understand 
some people's perception of how IP dilutes an attraction or whatever. Yet on the other side, because we do love those stories where that IP is from, it, it does give that ability to, to experience it with those characters. I'm not going to get into the discussion of right. IP and attractions um, more than just say that I don't have a problem with it. Right. I love IP. Uh, Disney has been all about IP since the beginning. The parks have been all about IP since right. the beginning. That's all I'm going to go into that. All right. So um, now, as I mentioned, as I teased before, uh, we, we do want to make an incredible offer for those of you who subscribe to the newsletter by Wednesday of this week. Um, there is a special free online course uh, using the Disney Imagineer process to help you create your own land. So it's, it's their online classes that they are free. We're going to give you the links of how to, how to get to that. Um, and it, it, when I saw what they're sharing with you, sharing with us really just blew my mind away. Um, that these classes that can really walk you through, you know, from initial creating your own concept to kind of creating your own park. And uh, I think you'll really get a, get a kick out of it. And it's not, you know, you can use household items and a computer and that's all you need to, to really do this, but it's amazing. So I really urge you all to sign up for the newsletter. Um, if you don't get to sign up for the newsletter by Wednesday and you sign up at a later time, just send us uh, a note to our Gmail account and, and we'll send you the link once you sign up for the Very newsletter. Very cool. That sounds, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so in closing, I just want to share with you all, it, it really has been fun doing these series. Um, I think it's been the longest series we've done. Uh, it's been exciting to learn personally more information and details about this major company. Um, on a personal level, this company for nearly my entire life has represented <laughs> uh, so much joy, so much magic so much love. Um, it's a company that's incredibly unique in how it provides so many avenues for ways individuals and friends and family can come together and tell stories together and produce memories. Um, there's not many companies that you could say provides all of this to people like the Disney company. And again, personally, the experiences I've had through the company has not only given me such amazing joy, but it really has helped me through some really difficult times in my life, some really sad times. And so I'm forever grateful for being able to experience this in my life. Um, we can say the company isn't perfect. And, you know, it's kind of like Maribel said about her family. Um, so, yeah, no one's perfect. No company's perfect. Um, but we, we can celebrate the, the things that get it, that make it right and make it fun. And as you mentioned, honey, earlier, if it wasn't for this company, we probably wouldn't be doing a podcast no. and having, you know, what it's special time we have each week coming together to do this. It's our time. Uh, we, we enjoy expressing our passion about this company. And uh, again, as you said, um, it, uh, something unexpected of having so many new friends, lifelong friends. Um, and some of those are real new family for us. Mm -hmm. And so in, closing this series as we've discussed Walt said it is not complete and it will continue to grow so we want to all remember our Disney stories and look forward to many more new experiences. That's awesome. 
Uh, Michelle, great job as always. Oh. I don't care what you say about these episodes. <laughs> Whatever you say, oh yeah, this episode not gonna be great. Uh, that was fantastic. It was a really good job, considering you know, I mean, it's mostly speculation mm-hmm. of what's the future going to bring. You tried to bring out as many factual things right. as much as the things that you think are going to be uh, true concepts. But one thing that you're bringing out here, which I think is important. And you look back at the first 100 years and what the next 100 years will bring. And that is those moments, the, the work, the storytelling, um, the bringing together of family and friends. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely going to continue with Disney. And, um, and I'm going to go back to where I talked about and my favorite thing from this week and how excited I am for you to see Once Upon a Studio, right. this short um, that we got to see at Destination D23. Because... All these aspects that you just talked about, especially in your closing comments there, are within that short itself. Right. The fun, the storytelling, yeah. the wonderful characters, the coming together right. of people in a celebratory times and right. big moments. Yeah. It's all told within that story. And it was, again, I know I'm overhyping this thing and I apologize for that because I hope I don't ruin it for you. But... It, that's why I thought it was so perfectly done for this 100th year anniversary is because they captured what Disney means to us all right. within that. And I don't even know how long it is. I don't know if it's five minutes. I don't know if it's 10 minutes. This, this, this right. beautiful short, um, it's everything you just expressed within that short and oh, you yeah. and you expressed it perfectly right there within this segment. Oh, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. Yeah. And and I totally agree with you about the short. You know, I, I think because one, there is a wealth of characters out there that, that we love. And so when you see them, that makes us happy. Um, but also, you know, some more than others. And I think that's what's unique. Everybody has their own unique experience of what they connect with Disney, you know, some of it may be personal things that you like, some of it may be because your kids like something, you know, I mean, and, and even us, you know, any of us who doesn't like whether you're talking, you know, seeing when they show like somebody from the military coming back home and mm-hmm. surprising their kids and stuff like that. That always, you know, tugs at your heart. And and you see that with Disney. How many times do we see like a character who is um, walking through the park and sees a kid dressed in that same outfit and takes them by the hand and just walks around and, you know, shares a few moments with them. And, and that's always something we love to experience and see. Um, and again, if that's your own kid, wow, that's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, but you can enjoy it even if it's somebody else. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I, and I think that's, what's pretty cool is that these, these characters and these storylines connect with us not just from the entertainment of watching a film, but from the interactions and experiences that we have. Yeah. Um, like you said, and you brought this up, and again, I'm, I'm kind of reiterating what you said because you did it so perfectly. <laughs> um, Disney is all about making memories. Right. Whether it be, you know, those journeys to the park, those attractions right. for the first time, those visits to these lands that, you know, stepping into Cars Land mm-hmm. for the first time and being there on Route 66, right. you know, theoretically. <laughs> um, you know, whether it be that wedding, that engagement, mm-hmm. you know, that whatever that moment is for you, 
whether it be something like listening to your favorite song right. when you're on the road or when you're at home, uh, the, one of these movies that you love so right, dearly, right. whether it's our memories we've made doing this podcast mm-hmm. and how many fantastic things we've got to experience through it, and especially for those of you that we know you, being friends with you mm-hmm. because of this podcast, right. like we would not know you otherwise. Right. Because of that, all came from Disney. Yes. And we appreciate Disney for that so much. And we appreciate you for that so exactly. much that we consider you friends, family, right. loved ones. You are fantastic people. And thank you. And thank you, Disney, for right. that, for bringing that, all of that that I'm just talked about right. and Michelle talked about to us. Yes. Thank you. Again, so wonderful to have had 100 years with this fantastic company and so excited for whatever the next century holds for this. I mean, not a lot of companies make 100 years. You brought it up in prior episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, I see this company continuing on for many, many years to come, doing the things that they do best, making memories for people. Right, exactly. So looking forward to celebrating uh, the actual 100. Yeah, you're getting to go out. Yeah, yeah. Scott and I are going to go out to Epcot on the anniversary to celebrate there. And uh, we're going to celebrate some tonight. Mm -hmm. Got some champagne chilled. Very nice. Yep. And of course, we're going to be watching that short. And uh, Encanto, which is one of our new favorite movies. And uh, getting that peek at uh, Disney Wish, you know, the new animated movie coming out in November. Uh, That's exciting. So tonight will be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. And the next... 100 years will be fun. Yeah, we'd Not love that to we'll, hear. we'll be around for the whole 100 years, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking right, about. Right, And we'd love to hear how you all are celebrating the 100th anniversary. For sure. Yeah, let us know. Maybe we'll share it on the upcoming yeah. show. For sure. So now before we get to the Disney stories of the week, we got to talk about our great friend, Nate. With Main Street and more travel, because let's face it, we all have trips we're thinking about taking in the very near future. Well, if you do, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, or anywhere in the world beyond, let me tell you, Nate is the certified Disney vacation planner that you are going to want to get in contact with. Oh my gosh, for sure. You know, as we, you know, mention all the time, he really has firsthand knowledge of things so he can really help you plan 
customize a, a trip that is going to be the best for you, answer your questions. It's really concierge level planning that doesn't cost you anything. High end. It is high end stuff that he will help you out with, answer all your questions. He is there for you to make sure your trip, wherever it may be, be the best it possibly can be. And as Michelle mentioned, no extra cost to you. That's because either Disney or whatever other travel branch that he works through pays him for you. Your What you end up paying is exactly what you pay. If you did all that work yourself, only you can save that time and just relax and enjoy and let him set it all up for you. Right. And you know what? He may even be able to save you some money from you doing it alone because he is on top of all the deals and steals that are out there. Yeah. I mean, there's never a guarantee, but let me tell you, if there's a discount out there, Nate will find it for you. So what you got to do is go to distripsandmore.com, fill out the form there and just contact him, talk to him, tell him what you want to do and let him get to work for you. Right. So as Tom mentioned, once you fill out that form, Nate will be back in touch with you to start that planning, but be sure to tell him that Tom and Michelle sent you. Yeah. Again, that's Nate with Main Street and more travel. All right, let's go ahead and get to the Disney stories of the week. I do have a few for you this week. I'm going to start with we received some great news for Walt Disney World annual pass holders and those with some certain tickets coming up here in the future. This from the Disney Parks blog. They said beginning January 9th, 2024, guests with a ticket with Park Hopper benefits or an annual pass will be able to once again visit another theme park at any time of day during park hours. Of course, subject to capacity limitations, right. but yes, park hopping yes. at any point of the day Hooray. is going to be back open yes. at the Walt Disney World Resort. That's so exciting. So happy for that. Yes, that'll be great. Yes. So, of course, right now, as it stands right now and as it stands for the last couple of years, um, you know, park hopper access has been limited to you wouldn't be able to hop to the next park until 2 p.m. during the day. Well, coming up here beginning on January 9th, you can, I mean, and this could be on any day when you actually have to make a park reservation. There are some certain days where you don't even need to make a park reservation right. now for annual pass holders. And of course, there's certain ticket holders that don't have to do that either. But there are going to be some days that you are going to make a park reservation. If you do that, all you need to do is go into your park and you can turn right back right. around and go to the next <laughs> park. If you're it's not like you decide, hey, you know what, I don't really want to go to this park. I want to go ahead and head right. over to Hollywood Studios or to Epcot sure. or to the Magic Kingdom, whatever. Uh, you're going to be able to do that. So, so great. Yeah, that's exciting, you know, for the option, especially for the annual pass holders. But yes, if you do get the park hopper option right. for your ticket, um, you're going to be able to bounce around again. And we're not just talking about going to one park. You can go to all four parks in one day if that's right. what you want. You know, that's great. Uh, you know, I, I think mainly for lunch mm -hmm. considerations that like if you wanted to go, you know, let's say you wanted to start your day at Magic Kingdom for your kids or whatever, or yourself, um, but wanted to have lunch maybe over at Animal Kingdom or whatever, you'd say, okay, well, I can't have lunch till two. <laughs> or let's just say you want to pop over to Animal Kingdom. I really want to get to Kilimanjaro Safaris early in the morning when the right. animals are all out yes. and it's cooler in the day, you know, and so you get out there and you do that. Maybe you, you can do Flight of Passage as well or something like that. And then you're like, okay, that's good. 
you know, it's it's nine, ten o'clock. Right. Let's go ahead and head over to Epcot. Right. And, and, you know, they're just starting to open up the booths there for the Food and Wine Festival or something along those lines. Right, yeah. You don't have to wait till two. You exactly. can just bounce right on over. Yeah. It's good. So that'll be so great in January, starting yeah. in January. Yeah, that's good. I hope they do that with Disneyland, too. Please open it up. Well, Disneyland I, right now is at least at 11. So right. It's, not it's a little as, earlier, yeah, but... It's not as... Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to do park hopper options when we're there, when we go, probably, probably not. not, but, um, I like the possibility that you can yes. jump around, right. especially Disneyland. So great. Again, for those of you who've never been to Disneyland, I mean, if you get the park hopper option there and you can bounce, right. It's so close. Yes. You're just walking back and forth between the parks. It's yeah. like, it's like walking, it, going from Disneyland to Disney California Adventure is like going from Tomorrowland to Frontierland, essentially. Oh, you know, yeah, that's about yeah. the distance you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to say from the entrance of Magic Kingdom to uh, the, the well, From boats. entrance to entrance, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it's it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun, and it's, it's a good way to do it if you want to get a bunch in in one day yeah. out there. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Disneyland, we learned the details of some new dining destinations coming to the Disneyland's downtown Disney yes. district. Lots of cool stuff heading there. This from the Disney Parks blog again. They said, we are thrilled to tell you about more innovative food and drink offerings coming to downtown Disney in the future. Plants are underway for Parkside Market, a new curated collection of diverse culinary concepts Brought to life by Levy with all four offerings under one roof as part of the expansion on the West End. So let's whet your appetite with a bit more about the offerings that are coming to this all new mm. location. I like this kind of a, it's almost like, it seems like it's almost going to be a extended food court is kind of what nice. it seems like there. So it's pretty cool. So here's some of the dining establishments that they're going to have. The first one is Soul Sister, spelled S-E-O-U-L, Sister. Is a fast, casual, modern eatery that will serve, yes, Korean forward menu based on bibimap, which is Korean rice bowls with a California twist. Nice. Yeah. Executive chef Kelly Kim will showcase bold Korean flavors through marinated meats, colorful vegetables, and savory sauces over rice noodles or salad, plus appetizers, an, an Asian-inspired breakfast menu, and handcrafted drinks. That sounds like a nice yeah. spot, kind of right up our alley. We right? kind of love like rice bowls and exactly. things like that. Exactly, yes. That's the kind of so place yummy. we would love to try. The next place is called Sip and Sonder. From founders Amanda Jane Thomas and Shanita Nichols, it's a black owned, excuse me, a black women owned uh, brand that has been organized as one of the best cafes in LA by the Los Angeles Times, uh, as, as recognized by the Los Angeles Times. Guests in this district can expect to enjoy Sip and Saunders signature lattes, as well as fresh treats, frozen drinks, and Caribbean inspired bites. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Gigi's Chicken Shop from Boca Restaurant Group was founded by James Beard award-winning restaurateurs Rob Katz and Kevin Bohm, alongside Michelin star chef partner Lee Wolin. Affectionately named after Wolin's mother, Jerry, the shop will serve as a family-friendly menu of chicken sandwiches, salads, and classic dinner table sides. This first brick and mortar Gigi's chicken shop opened early, excuse me, the first, not this first, the first opened uh, earlier this year in Chicago. And this new location at downtown Disney District will be the first one on the West Coast. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Sounds, Sounds great. like a mm -hmm. place Scott would like for the, yes. the chicken sandwich there. Right, right. <laughs> but by some highly acclaimed chefs. Yeah, I'd say so. Michelin star. Right. Yeah. Um, what was a James Michelin Beard. star elevated chicken sandwich like? <laughs> Ooh. I gotta, nice. I gotta find out. That's I gotta right. find out exactly. for sure. 
Uh, moving on, a second-story bar will be an alfresco spot offering great views to sip signature craft cocktails and mocktails from mixologists to infuse, muddle, stir, shake, and swizzle the freshest mixes using local ingredients and artful garnishes. Refreshing selections will include frozen lemonades, frosés, espresso martinis, shareable cocktails, and spirit-free elixirs as well. Nice. I like a second-story kind of a view right. area. Right, exactly. That sounds kind of fun. Uh, later this year, Downtown Disney will open a new stage and lawn for special events, activities, musical entertainment, and more on the west end of the district. In this brand new area, you'll be able to see a soaring new sculptural tower designed by Nicholas Smith. This new tower will pay tribute to the sublime work of pioneering architects of uh, Southern California during the mid-20th century with unique geometric patterns in the sculpture evoking the famed mid-century buildings they created. Well, so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. Looking forward to checking that out. I love little kind of lawn spaces, right? You know, right. Especially with musical acts playing around. And yeah, such. I mean, between this announcement and you know some of the things that they've talked about, even like with Disneyland Forward, it does seem like the downtown Disney district is trying to bring some of the best of what Disney Springs. Right. Some of that kind of yeah. I mean, you know, bringing more dining establishments. It's one thing. Downtown Disney District is fine, mm-hmm. but it's, and it's it got a few decent places to eat, but it's always been kind of one of those places where you're like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll have some food here. This right. is, this more is of okay. More of a grab and go sometimes. This is all right. Yeah. Nothing really that was like a standout. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like they're trying to add more standout right. dining options for people there, whether it be, yes, some good table service restaurants. Mm-hmm. Or some quick service things that you can pick up on your way back to your resort. Or if you just want to, I mean, it's one thing about the downtown Disney district is it's just like Disney Springs. It's a way to get a little Disney without having to pay for ticket prices. Right. You know? Well, the other thing too is like we've talked about how close Disney California Adventure Park is to Disneyland Park. It Downtown Disney is <laughs> kind of in be, almost like in between to the side of those. So you, you could go into the parks and come out and have a great lunch or, you know, special dinner um, and, and still all be within that space. It, yeah. It's walking distance. You don't even have to get back in a car or anything like, or take any transportation. You're just right there. Yeah. And especially considering that, I mean, there are some nice hotels in the area. Of course, there's the, the three Disney resorts that are right. there, which are very nice, all of them. Um, there are some nice hotels there that do have some restaurants within them, but a lot of the places you may stay there may not have a real dining establishment right. within them. So True. you may be looking if you're not in the park or if you're just taking a day to you know take a break from the mm-hmm. park of uh, some way to get a little Disney and some wonderful food right. or just bring some food back to your room. Exactly. Uh, these are going to be some other good options sure. for you for sure. Uh, future plans for the district also bring uh, Din Tai Fung, a world-renowned Chinese restaurant known for its soup, dumplings, and noodles, mm-hmm. plus masterful Mexican cuisine by Michelin-starred chef Carlos Gaetan at Paseo and Centrico, and the popular California Cuban cheese rolls and pastries to come from Porto's Bakery and Cafe. So nice. lots of great dining yes. coming to the downtown Disney district. Yeah. I'm very excited to see uh, what that eventually evolves right, into. Right, right. For sure. Yeah. And even move more so as we move forward, assuming that Disneyland Forward does right. move forward. Yes, yes. No, that, that's cool. And that that's exciting. You know, um, speaking of food, and you, I, I don't think you mentioned it, but... Um, this past week, some new food options have been made available at some of the Disney resorts. So like at, um, 
Geyser Point. Geyser Point. Banana Cabana over at the Caribbean Beach Resort uh, in Coronado Springs. They have some. Uh, and a lot of these new additions were also plant-based. So really cool sounding uh, dishes to yeah. try out there. We're not going to name them all here. But yeah. I, I, I used to know those offerings are available. <laughs> I, I saw the list and I tried to avoid them because I, it always makes us hungry and it gets so extensive into yes. the food. <laughs> um, but yes, a lot of uh, new resort dishes, mm-hmm. um, some new stuff from Animal Kingdom as well. Right, There's yes. some new menus there as well. All You can find them all on the Disney Parks blog if you want to check them out and look at all the great new food mm-hmm. that's coming to the Walt Disney World Resort as well for yeah. sure. So very good. Uh, one more story here for you. Uh, one of our Star Wars and Disney favorites has a new interesting project in the mm-hmm. works. We found out this week. This came from Collider.com. They said she's back and better than ever. Collider is excited to exclusively reveal that actor Ashley Eckstein, mm-hmm. best known to fans as the original voice of Ahsoka Tano and, of course, the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Right. We'll be starring in and co-creating a brand new audio drama for Disney Publishing aimed at young adult audiences as well as serving as executive producer. Don't know a lot about it yet. Ashley did once it came out in Collider. Ashley confirmed it on her social media Mm -hmm. accounts that this is definitely happening. Uh, So that's good news. Um, We just know that the audio drama will have a full cast. And of course, Ashley Eckstein will be right in the front of it. Yeah, yeah. So I know it's very exciting to see that she's going to be, you know, continuing with some of her talents to now the audio world. Yes, um, for sure. Um, This original uh, youth adult audio drama is set to kick off a new original IP. So Mm -hmm. this isn't, don't think this is uh, her uh, doing Ahsoka again. It's something completely different. Um, for Disney, um, and it may expand into other forms, including publishing and other areas right. as well. Yes. They, they're looking to expand this to be a, a brand new branch of the young adult uh, series right. here, including this audio drama. Yeah, I know uh, that the um, director, oh, his name escapes me, but he's had experience in mm-hmm. in bringing things throughout different media. Exp- yeah. you know, so this is good. I'm excited for it. Uh, Ashley Eckstein is such a, a great ambassador for Star Wars and for Disney. Right. Um, she's made appearances at many of the D23. She's always very willing to meet with people and, and take pictures and talk with them. And she's just one of the nicest people. And right. I'm glad that there's more being done with her throughout the the, the Disney company. Right, sure. yeah. And you can tell she is a fan. It's mm-hmm. not just this is her you know, line of work or whatever she is. She gets as excited as any of us do with new announcements or things that are happening. So um, that's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, No title yet for this series as we know right now or no release date yet, but just know that this is coming and that that's exciting stuff. Also, one more thing I forgot to list it in our stories, but uh, just go over it real quickly. We found out that uh, the new, um, show that's going to be on the Disney Treasure mm-hmm. is going to be a Moana, Moana right. uh, show. So that's exciting as well because we love Moana yes. and um, Moana at Sea will be a lot of fun. For right, sure. right. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they always have a signature Broadway style show on the ship. And so that's going to be a cool one. I know that they also have a cafe. It's called the Hey Hey Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Who doesn't um, love Hey Hey? Right, right. 
But if you think of the theming of adventure, that fits really yeah, well. Totally fits. I'm very excited. The more and more I hear about the treasure, the more and more excited I yes. am for that brand new Disney ship to come out here sometime uh, next year. Right. Very exciting stuff. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. When we do this, we always start with Michelle because you heard it earlier. She does the best research. <laughs> you know she has the best lists. One thing is for sure, she definitely has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. All right. So considering what our topic was today and, and the fact that we are celebrating 100 years of Disney, uh, I, I saved this one, this tip for today. And, you know, at Walt Disney World, kids or kids at heart can get pixie dusted. You can head over to Sir Mickey's gift shop inside of Fantasyland and and request some pixie dusting. Now, personally, I would recommend first stop by the Pinocchio Village House restaurant. That's the one that's adjacent to It's a Small World. Go inside there. You can ask where it is. There is a wishes book where you can officially write down your personal wish and then head over to Sir Mickey's to kind of seal the deal with the pixie dust um, because you can never be too careful with wishes. Very cool. Very cool. So, I like it. Yeah, yeah. But they have some of the, uh, uh, what is it, Godmother Apprentices, and they will... They bippity-boppity-boo-ya? They, they, well, they'll pixie... Yes, but they'll pixie dust. You don't have... It's not with the having the service of getting your child all gussied up. up. <laughs> but just for yourself, if you Very want cool. to get some pixie dust, you yeah. can get Who that. doesn't want to get pixie dust? Right? If Michelle comes by you, she'll give you pixie <laughs> dust too because she's, she's always sprinkling pixie dust. There's a trail of pixie dust that follows yeah, Michelle no. everywhere she goes. So just follow behind her. You'll be pixie dusted for sure. Right. That's my tip for the week. Just follow Michelle and you can get pixie yeah, dusted. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, my tip this week, and again, I know I'm overselling it, but please... Sit back, relax, and enjoy Once Upon a Studio tonight and record it if you have that ability. If not, get ready to get on Disney Plus once it comes on Disney Plus and be willing to rewatch it because there is a lot that goes on yeah. in this. And I don't, Easter eggs. I don't care what era of Disney you love the most, it's represented in this short. You're going to see it. I don't care if it's the most obscure movie. <laughs> It's there. You're yeah. going to find it. You're going to want to rewatch it and take in all these moments. Um, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of art that some these people worked very, very hard on. And we hope that you appreciate it. I'm, I feel like almost because we've sold this so much, I almost feel like we're practically, we're not the creators. <laughs> but I feel like it hit so close to home for us that it feels like we're presenting this, you know, because, you know, which <laughs> yeah. we're not. Right. Um, but that's how it feels. It feels very close to me. And I hope that you all enjoy it so very much. Yeah. And I can appreciate how, how your love of it is, sweetie, because it is great. And, you know, you could tell the passion that you're talking with is the same passion that the creators came up with when they first, you know, pitched the concept. And uh, the good thing, like you mentioned, it will be, the tomorrow on the actual anniversary available on Disney plus, And it will also be the opening short for the new movie wish. Yeah. 
Um, again, there are so many little Easter eggs and things you're going to see throughout it that may pass by quickly. Right. You're going to want to watch it several times. Yeah. I, think, I think you like this short, honey. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I, I, look, I've talked about it already so many times. This struck a chord with me in so many ways mm-hmm. for so many reasons. I've in a, what, again, I don't know how long it is, five, 10 minute, 15 minute time, whatever it is. I have never felt as many emotions, right? different emotions yeah. within that short amount of time as I did when we were watching this short for the first time. And so that's why I think it struck a chord with me because it was Disney in 5, 10, 15 right. minutes wrapped right. up in that ball. And I just love it so dearly. And I hope you do too. Exactly. So I, again, I'm totally overselling it. You're going to hate it. It's awful. <laughs> I don't think you'll hate it. but you re- I- It's mediocre. You're, you're, it's not that good. You're yeah. really... It's it's borderline. You're not going to really think it's that good. I do feel like we we've, we've talked the other day. I do feel a little bad that they shared kind of some some yeah. fun moments in the the trailers that they've been then sharing. I get it, but I also feel like oh, part of I think what really made it such a unique experience for us was seeing it in its entirety for the first time. Right. Some of the gags, some of the best gags right. were given away a little bit in the trailers and some of the right. uh, uh, promos for it. Um, but there are lots of great gags. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You're going to find a lot of great gags and a lot of great big moments. I don't think the big moments were given away. No. Just a couple of the gags mm-hmm. were given away. Right. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, again, I, I, I've been overselling it. So I'm going to tell you right now, it's not that good. <laughs> Really, it's not. I, you know, you know me. I love everything to death. You know, take it with that. It's not that good. It's not. It's not. It's okay. It's okay. Funny. <laughs> That's it for this week's show. Next week, well, Michelle already alluded to it in her favorite thing from this week uh, part of the episode. A great friend of ours and the show is bringing one of his old projects. Mm-hmm. Back to the airwaves, back yeah. to the podcast world. That's right. Yep. We've said it for many, many years. We were a duo with this podcast. Mm-hmm. We set them up on Sundays. They knocked them down on Mondays. The Monday morning monorail, as of tomorrow. Right. On the anniversary. Is returning to the podcast to the world. And we couldn't wait to bring in our great friend, Justin Monorail, to talk all about it, why he's bringing it back, how it came to this point, and just have some good fun with one of the best people we've met within this Disney community. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to it. And uh, we've had him on the show before. He always brings a lot of fun and great energy. And I, I'm sure you'll enjoy the show as much as we enjoy making it. Yeah, Michelle's going to play a little game with uh, yeah. he and I. Uh, right. Disney this or that, right? Right, right. Along with uh, discussing uh, the return of the Monday morning monorail. We'll have a little Disney fun as well, of course, like we always do with right. Justin. And that'll be a good time so very excited to be recording with him this week and to have that show air for you next week yes very good so as for this week's show we appreciate that you join us today in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts however the very best place to find us is on our own website hyperionadventurespodcast.com and while you're there be sure to sign up for the newsletter this week yeah michelle's got some cool stuff as you've already heard a couple times in this episode coming up for you who those of you who subscribe to the newsletter hey. also we're on social media we're on twitter x at hyperion podcast <laughs> facebook instagram and threads at hyperion adventures podcast if you are on facebook come on over and join us for some good positive disney energy fun on our hyperion adventures facebook group 
Also, we're on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, we would definitely appreciate you telling a friend or family member. Yes, uh, that's the best way. Word of mouth is the best way to get the news about any show out there that people might enjoy. Yes. They think they might enjoy. If they want to get a little positive oasis in the negativity of the world that is out there, especially sometimes within the Disney community, but just in the world in general, we hope we are that oasis for you. Um, Just an hour, hour and a half of, of positive energy throughout the week. Um, please let people know that we exist and we'd love to bring more Hyperion Adventurers on board. Right. So, and thank you for being a Hyperion Adventurer and thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventurers podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.